What is going on, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, cats and dogs? Welcome to Saturday Morning Slam Masters, Saturday Night Edition. I'm your host, Ryan, a.k.a. Ryan Retro, a.k.a. Mr. Showtime, a.k.a. a.k.a. Um, it is about 11.15 p.m. Eastern Time where I'm at. So uh, definitely not Saturday morning, but I just got done watching WWE backlash 2023 from uh, beautiful puerto rico and uh it, it is it was a wonderful show uh Sat- saturday night's uh backlash and then also uh last night's friday night smackdown just great shows from 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 a great crowd everything seemed like it really uh just everything seemed to click uh even coming from the uh the uh press conference on friday afternoon so much good stuff so um, all that and more coming up on this episode. Before we move forward, I, uh, just a quick programming note. Uh, we are, like I mentioned, known as Saturday Morning Slam Masters. So uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter at uh, Saturday Slam Pod. And then also on, uh, on Instagram at Saturday Slam Show. And uh, you can follow me directly at the Ryan Retro on Twitter as well. I want to be coming at you every Saturday, uh, preferably in the morning, to go along with the show, uh, to talk about uh, the weekly wrestling headlines and uh, and uh, different reviews. Uh, we'll also be doing some classic reviews as well. Our next one coming up is going to be SummerSlam 1996. It's actually my first show, period, that I've ever attended. Like, not even just the first pay-per-view or first wwf event it's my first wrestling show period so i wanted to give my perspective from being there live from as like a little 10 11 year old kid and then uh also perspective from the actual show as well as a grown-up so a lot of cool things coming your way appreciate all the support and all the love uh be sure to uh you know give us a like on uh on youtube because this will be on youtube as well and um let me know what you guys want to hear as far as our next uh, classic review. So, like I said, all that and more. We're going to be getting in the backlash here in a minute after these moments. All right, getting right into uh, backlash weekend. We had everything start off on Friday afternoon. Uh, we had a press conference in Puerto Rico hosted by Triple H. And uh, they brought out uh, Cody Rhodes to kind of hype up the crowd a little bit, kind of uh, hype up for his match with uh, Brock Lesnar this week. Then they also had a uh, face-to-face confrontation with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, which was really cool. I I really like how WWE is doing like the, the, you know, the pre-show press conferences or or the post-show press conferences as well. Um, I I know they kind of started that after AEW uh, started doing it with their post-media scrums. So I don't know if that's really a direct correlation with that or if that's something that, you know, is just a response to it. But um, especially with the the quote-unquote Triple H era, it has started and uh, they've kind of peeled back the uh, the curtain a little bit. So it's just a nice thing to see uh, that it's just not like the a cartoony comic book world that uh, sometimes WWE can seem to be. Uh, that led us into uh, Friday Night SmackDown, which was just, it was great. So just the crowd alone, these last two nights, 
has been for me like it's just really made each show feel so important um i you know being here in the states um we i think that we kind of get uh spoiled with seeing wwe like i know here in in cleveland where i'm located uh they'll come like two times a year sometimes three times a year just depending and you know whether it be a house show monday night raw or a smackdown every once in a while a few every few years we'll get a uh, a pay-per-view or a ple that's i'm still getting used to calling it that i can't i can't shake the old pay-per-view uh slogan there but um i think that because we're we're kind of spoiled with it we kind of get wwe and we we've there's so much wrestling over here as it is you know AEW's uh based in the u.s so is impact wrestling so it's just the crowds are not at all as vocal as as this amazing puerto rico crowd uh, you've heard from the past that uh wwe sometimes will sweeten the sound that they'll pump in crowd noise and um that was a thousand percent not needed this weekend um even just from the press conference like everybody was just so pumped and it got me pumped to watch smackdown later on that night um the uh the one thing that did it for me too was the different staging and really there was no staging at all uh basically just coming out of a tunnel had real madison square garden uh esque vibes um and i don't know if that was made to uh free up more seats which makes sense because this this show has been sold out for quite some time, especially with with Bad Bunny being on the uh, on the uh, the the poster. You know, the post he's the poster boy for the show. He was the host, and it turned out he was going to be uh, competing as well. But really like the uh, the staging, um, the the tunnel, if you will. It, it just really gave the show a different feel. Both shows, for that matter. Um, and just like I said, the crowd noise just 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 phenomenal. Um, some of the big highlights from uh, Friday Night's Backdown, at least for me personally, uh, was definitely all the segments with the LWO and Bad Bunny and the Judgment Day, especially at the end with Bad Bunny officially joining up with the LWO and and uh, just helping uh, Rey Mysterio and uh, Zelina Vega fight everybody off. So that was that was super cool. Um, it's, you know, there's that. And then the, um, the crowd being so into Cody Rhodes, I, I didn't know if that was going to be the case. You know, I mean, Cody Rhodes does have, uh, uh, I guess it's pretty good crossover star appeal, but didn't know that we were going to get, uh, that big of an ovation from, uh, from the crowd for Cody Rhodes. So that was really cool. So I, I, everything else on SmackDown was great. Um, everything from, uh, uh, the OC going over with the uh, going over the uh, the Viking Raiders, and um, everything just 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 everything being hyped up. It was great. <laughs> I have I have nothing bad to say about SmackDown, uh, but we're not here to talk about SmackDown. We're here to talk about Backlash, and uh, I'm not gonna go like move for move or anything like that. But I just kind of wanted to give my quick thoughts on each match. Um, again, same arena, same setup. I loved it. Uh, one of the things I really did like that they did on both SmackDown and on the on the uh, PLE 
is the intro, the drone intro, where it literally flies through the tunnel when you're walking in as a spectator and goes over the crowd, over the ring. They actually had it uh, come in for some entrances as well, which is really cool. Uh, love that drone shot. I really hope WWE continues to do those, but I don't want them to overdo it. I think that they should really reserve it for special uh, episodes of you know Raw or SmackDown or like a special PLE, anything like that. Like I think it would be super cool for them to do it at Clash of the Castle uh, or even at uh, Night of Champions this year. Just maybe at like your non, uh, your you know your non traditional. WWE shows. I think that that would be really cool. It just added a, a little uh, a little touch of uh, specialty to the uh, just the overall presentation. Um, but tonight's show kicked off with the uh, Raw Women's Championship. It was Bianca Belair defending against Io Sky. Uh, nice thing I liked about this is that Io came down by herself. It was like her own. It was the Io Sky that we know, or the Io Shirai that we know from uh from nxt and she if anybody remembers you when she was in nxt like she was basically unbeatable she was awesome and then going against bianca who is uh was one win away from being the longest reigning women's champion of the modern era so you had eo coming down kind of rebranding of herself a rebirth of herself going against bianca who in my opinion uh, let me get this straight i'm a bianca B- Bianca Belair fan, uh, always have been. I really like her gimmick, really like that she's just amazing in the ring. Like, just her athleticism is off the charts. I personally believe that she is at that level of, like, a John Cena. She's at that point where I don't know who's going to beat her, you know? it's it's John Cena got to that point where... No matter who you put up against them, you knew that John Cena was going to go over. It's like that. It's almost like a Hogan level, you know? Uh, and that's where I'm at with Bianca Belair. So going into this match, I didn't really expect anything as far as like a title change. Didn't expect anything major to happen. Uh, one thing that did happen is the crowd during this match, they were so much behind EO Sky, uh, to the point where there were even boos for Bianca Belair, which I don't really hear ever. Uh, I would say it's probably like it was like a 60 40 split between EO and Bianca. And you got to go watch this match back because they just, it's almost like they just laid everything out there. It, it, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't like a traditional WWE style match. These girls were doing everything. Bianca was taking a lot of, uh, a lot of offense. Uh, EO was getting a lot of stuff in, uh, and it really got to the point where for the first time that, at least for me, Bianca looked vulnerable, looked like, holy shit, she could probably lose here. Got to the point where we did get a little bit of interference from Bailey and Dakota Kai, and there was uh, a point where EO was going to go for that moonsault. There was slight hesitation. She did miss uh, Bianca hits the uh, the KOD, gets the win. She's officially broken the record. She is the longest reigning women's champion of the modern era. Um, I, I I give it like 
four out of five stars. It, it was a, an amazing opener. One of the best opening bouts uh, that I can remember in a long time for any WWE pay-per-view. Um, and then also it brings up the uh, possible split between damage control. So there was that. And uh, I really want to see what happens on SmackDown with that. My whole thing is I just really hope they don't do this whole title swap thing with Bianca being the Raw Women's Champion and being on SmackDown and then Rhea being the SmackDown Women's Champion and being uh, drafted to Raw. I want to see something here. I want to see like some kind of match. Maybe they could try to unify the titles. I don't know. Uh, it's it's That's the only thing that I'm not happy about with with the uh, with the draft is just the swapping of the champions. I think when they did that with Becky and Charlotte, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, but it was just um, just seemed kind of kind of corny. Um, next up here we had uh, Seth Rollins taking on Omos, and this match to me was like the one that just didn't belong. Um, and I'm Seth Rollins is my favorite wrestler. Uh, I. Don't mind Omos at all. I think that it's great to have him there because WWE being the, the land of giants, uh, they don't really have any more giants. Like we have Braun Strowman and Omos. And I, I guess maybe you could say like a guy like a Von Wagner maybe, but I don't know like if he really, if he's really up there with like a giant status. Um, so this match, it really, to me, I think it had like maybe it was announced and then I had like one week of build, and that was really it. It didn't really have a lot of or a lot of storyline going into it, and for the most part, I wasn't expecting really anything with this match, other than your classic David versus Goliath spots, which we got. Uh, nice to see uh, the crowd really into Seth Rollins as well, singing a song. Uh, how the match started is that. Uh, Seth is posing in the middle of the ring. The crowd is singing a song. Omos jumps him from behind. So immediately we get Omos with the uh, advantage. Um, We were going through all the spots with Seth hitting all of his offense and just not doing any damage to Omos, or he's basically bouncing off of Omos. And uh, then you get to the point where we're doing the David versus Goliath spots, where Omos charges to the corner and he misses and he hits the ring post. And then... Uh, you know, we have the, uh, the ring post spot on the outside and, and it, it was a really fun, fun match. It, it really built up Omos as, as a threat and, uh, it really made Seth look, uh, look vulnerable to a point where if you put like the name just side by side, Seth Rollins and Omos, you're like, oh, well, Seth Rollins is totally going to win. There were definitely spots in this in this match where it looked like Omos would have gone over and going into that world heavyweight championship tournament, they may have pulled that trigger to try to put him in there and build him as a, uh, as a uh, viable contender. Uh, some uh, notable spots here was Seth going for the curb stomp and, um, Omos completely no selling it, just not even going down for it. <laughs> and then, uh, there was the, uh, the finish of the match that came, with uh, Seth Rollins hitting a curb stomp, a super stomp, what I called it, from the top rope to pin Omos. Um, that thing looked a little dangerous to me. And that's just, maybe it's just because I have bad knees. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm just hoping, like, please don't blow out your knee. 
please don't <laughs> break your ankle. Um, but it was a cool spot. Um, I, I really hope we see more from uh, from Seth going into the World Heavyweight Championship tournament. I, I would be shocked if he's not in the tournament or in uh, the triple threat matches that are going to be taking place. And uh, this was easily uh, the best match for Omos like, that he's had in my the entire time I've seen him on the main roster. So he's come a long way from uh, being the, uh, the doorman or the, uh, the bodyguard at Raw Underground. So uh, big ups to uh, Omos as well. Next match here we had was for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We have Rhea Ripley defending against Zelina Vega. Uh, Zelina had her family in the uh, in the audience. Uh, she dedicated the match to her late father. Uh, Rhea coming down with uh, some cool new gear, like all white and blue gear, white and purple gear. It just, like I said, it made the show seem much more. It just seemed very special. Uh, Zelina came down with special entrance, special gear, uh, repping the flag of Puerto Rico, and then of course having her family in in the ring. Or not in the ring, but at ringside. Um, this match was really cool. And as far as the the emotion going into this match, uh, you really felt it, especially with, uh, with Zelina Vega when they're doing the ring intros. And she's standing there uh, literally opening, weeping, uh, just because she's just overcome with emotion because the, the crowd is is so much behind her. Uh, you know, go back to Puerto Rico and then, and having her family there. Um, this match was short. It was explosive though. Uh, they, they really did a good job of making Zelina look, uh, look well in this match against Rhea. Rhea made her look great. A lot of counters to Rhea's offense by Zelina. Um, a couple really good hope spots. Uh, there, there was just a point at the end where kind of, to me, it ended abruptly, and that was with just a random kick from, uh, from Rhea, and then into the, uh, to the Riptide for the one, two, three. Um, I, I went ahead and I tweeted this out, and I said that just based on the, the crowd reaction and, and how everybody was behind Zelina, if you were ever going to call an audible in the middle of a match, uh, and, and swap out the winner. I think this would have been it. And and maybe that's going a little too far. But, I mean, you could put the title on Zelina for a week. Like, you can have her win the title in Puerto Rico. Like, barely. Like, just like, you know, or just a quick, you know, quick roll-up. Quick fruit roll-up, you know? And she runs out of there with the title. Uh, Rhea re-challenges her on... On Raw, and then we get the uh, the rematch on SmackDown where Rhea gets the title back, or she can get the title back immediately on Raw. You know, something like that. It, it would just, it would have been a real cool feel good moment. It wouldn't have hurt Rhea in my opinion, and it would have really built up Selena. But uh, that was not not uh, meant to be for tonight. So I guess we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But I really hope that they uh, continue to push Selena because she's a uh, a great, uh, great asset to that women's division. A um, couple backstage spots we got here, um, or at least one that, that kind of uh, sticks out in my mind was uh, with Bad Bunny and uh, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio comes into uh, Bad Bunny's 
locker room, kind of giving him some advice and getting him all pumped up for his match. And then we get an appearance by uh, the one and only Savio Vega. Savio is one of the guys that I watched when I very first got into wrestling. So I uh, loved him uh, when he was uh, as a solo act, when he was in the Nation of Domination. He was also in the uh, Los Bariquas. And then, of course, uh, just having a hell of a career in Puerto Rico as well. So that that was cool to see him and, and his appearance. And, and it, it just really made... Uh, really made uh the, the again the night feel special i can't i can't say how much uh just the the little surprises were uh, i believe next was the u.s title match i hope i'm going in order here um austin theory defending against bobby lashley and bronson reed and uh this one was uh i want to see this is probably the quickest match of the night um but it was again it was quick but it was explosive like these guys were there was no like real rest spots or anything like that uh everybody was hitting hitting their stuff out of nowhere you saw some team up with Austin Theory and Bronson Reed going against the only baby face in the match that being Bobby Lashley eventually that's going to break down as it always does and uh the the finish there was a or actually this wasn't the finish but there was a real cool spot where uh, Lashley has Theory in the uh, in the uh, hurt lock, and then uh, Theory pushes off the ropes and does the the roll the the backwards roll up. I, I always call it like the Bret Hart spot with with Piper. And as he's uh, getting counted down, right before he hits three, Bronson Reed comes up on the top rope with the damn tsunami, and that that just looked gnarly crazy stuff um finish comes when bobby lashley goes to spear uh goes to spear uh bronson reed and then uh theory throws him out of the ring steals the win it was it was a fun match and i mentioned the, this on twitter as well that it might be pretty pretty unpopular but austin theory to me is definitely underrated and i used to really not be into him but i think he's really shown a lot of uh, a lot of uh potential and a lot of uh just a lot of improvement in ring and uh the dude looks like a star too so i mean the dude's definitely going to be a a future uh a future wwe champion i wouldn't be surprised if they put that world heavyweight title on him to be honest with you a lot of people are saying it's going to be seth rollins and some people are saying it's going to be cody rhodes i can see them definitely putting that title on theory uh, someone who could really use it at this point. Um, and if you don't believe that Theory is going to be uh, with the WWE for a long time and, and being in that main event spot, there is a cool video going around uh, on Twitter and on Reddit and whatnot uh, showing him doing uh, the Make-A-Wish stuff uh, with the kids. So even seeing him uh, doing that baby face work, uh, it it may not be apparent with his uh, his character right now, but uh, it... it it would definitely be uh it's definitely going to be something that that's going to happen in the future. Uh next match was the SmackDown Women's or not SmackDown Women's Championship. I'm sorry. Where am I? I think I'm now I'm getting now I'm getting completely uh completely flipped around. There we go. Now we're at the uh which what I felt should have been the actual main event. This is part 1 of the double main event. Uh, up next is the San Juan street fight between Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. This is the thing that was being built up 
from like day one and how this did not close the show just boggles my mind. And I'm the biggest Cody Rhodes fan there is. But this uh, 1000% should have closed the show. So like if you go back and watch it on Peacock, watch the Cody Rhodes match first and then rewind and then watch the uh, the uh, San Juan Street fight. And I think that <laughs> that the show would be even better than it already is. Um, this is great. Priest came down, uh, matching, matching gear with Rhea or same, same type of gear that, uh, that, uh, Rhea was wearing. It looks like the whole, uh, let's say the bloodline, the whole judgment day was wearing, uh, all white tonight. So again, making it seem really, uh, really special. It was different, you know, bad bunny having the biggest pop I've heard in so long, and his entrance was cool. And then he, on his way to the ring, brings down the cart full of uh, just kendo sticks and chairs. And, and I think there was a hacksaw in there or like a uh, there was a chain. It was just like it reminded me of like the old hardcore matches when Raven would bring the shopping cart uh, to the ring every match. This was this was fun. This was this was like if there was ever like a a fun pro wrestling match with just, you know, all the stops pulled out. This was it. Uh, and the one thing about bad buddy is that he really does put the work in and there's, there's some, some guys who, who come in and, and I think, uh, Corey Graves even mentioned it on the, on commentary where there's some celebrities that come in just to like plug something, man. But bad bunny is somebody who comes in and does the work and trains. And, and that showed when he, uh, did his match, at uh, WrestleMania 37, and then of course at the Royal Rumble, um, and then and then tonight as well, um, and then of course I think that with with him and Priest, there's there's that chemistry as well. But the the match started off a little slower, kind of like teasing, and uh, uh, in a way, Priest was kind of playing around with uh, Bad Bunny, like uh, getting him in the corner, faking him out with a punch. And uh, and then it all broke down from there. We uh, we got a spot where it looked like Priest was just going to win it. He hit the uh, the South of Heaven, and it was going to be a one two three. But then he lifts Bad Bunny off of the mat. They want to continue with the uh, the punishment, and then it starts breaking down. We get kendo sticks. We get the special kendo stick that was given from uh, from Savio Vega. Uh, we get uh, a point where. Uh, that uh priest looks like he's gonna leave after bad bunny gets some offense and then he fakes him out hits him with the uh trash can we get the fighting in the crowd which was cool uh there was a spot by the uh like the the technical like the pyro guys or the sound guys where uh priest hits the uh the broken arrow off of uh, a giant it looked like a giant amplifier uh, all the way down through like two or three tables, and they did like the medical spot with with Bad Bunny, and like Adam Pierce comes out, and they're trying to like trying to like uh, keep Priest away. So then Priest brings him back to the ring. Um, Bad Bunny gets uh, gets some offense. Was really working on uh, Priest's left knee the rest of the match, and uh, that brings out uh, uh, Finn Balor and Dom. And uh, from there, then we get Rey Mysterio 
And uh, they're still outnumbering uh, Rey Mysterio and Bad Bunny. Out of nowhere, and I mentioned this as a joke. I didn't think this was going to be a thing. But we get the return of Carlito. And uh, he's coming down wearing an LWO shirt. The crowd goes freaking banana. And uh, he gets in the ring. He hits the backstabber. He hits Dom with the uh, spitting the the uh, apple in his face. It was great. And then we get to the point where uh, uh, Finn Balor's trying to leave, and then Savio Vega catches him in the, in the aisle. Uh, it's it's just a it's just fun. It was so much fun. Uh, finish comes when uh, Bad Bunny hits the uh, Canadian Destroyer or the Bunny Destroyer on uh, Damian Priest. Gets the one two three. It was just a feel-good moment, a feel-good match. Uh, everybody's celebrating in the ring. Like I said, how this did not end the show is just, it, it, it blows my mind. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know if there was a, if maybe it was a Brock Lesnar thing or a Cody Rhodes thing, and they're like, no, we're going on last, or they, they, they uh, miscalculated and thought that it was going to be a bigger story with Brock and Cody, which, don't get me wrong, was was the other main story going into this pay-per-view or PLE. I'm never going to get over that. I'm sorry. Um, but, um, yeah, just this, this definitely should have closed the show. Um, is for me, it was like a five, five star match, uh, five star matches. And and I know that's not like a, like a Dave Meltzer five star, but just like from a fun perspective, like I just had fun watching it, you know? Um, it was just silly wrestling and I love silly wrestling. Um, next match was the six man tag. We had, uh, the tag team champions, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens teaming with Riddle to take on the bloodline. That being, uh, the Usos, Jimmy and Jay and Solo Sokoa. And, uh, with this, we didn't, we did not get Paul Heyman. I thought we were going to get a Paul Heyman appearance, but, uh, the uh, the Usos and Solo uh, were were just with, with themselves. Uh, this is coming off of Friday Night SmackDown, where it keeps the the uh, dissension between the Usos and Solo was really really teased. Um, we got that in this match as well. This is fun. This is one that I wasn't personally invested in. Uh, although I was, you know, a month ago, I was totally personally invested in the uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Uso storyline. But um, with this one, just because there was, wasn't was really anything on the line, like no titles were on the line. Um, you know, it wasn't like, you know, if you lose then you got to break up or anything like that. Um, this one, the bloodline really did need the win. And that was really the story going into it, especially with the, both teams being on separate brands. So this is kind of like the blow-off, in my opinion. Um, The uh, finish comes where uh, Solo looks like he's about to hit Jey Uso with the uh, Samoan spike. And uh, we get to the point where, uh, where, I can't remember if it was, no, it was Riddle that hits Jey with the the Bro Derek. Uh, Solo tags himself in, hits the Samoan spike on, uh, on Riddle, gets the pin. And you can definitely tell there's there's some kind of uh, some kind of rift between uh, the Uso brothers uh, with uh, the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, and then of course Solo. So it's that's gonna make SmackDown pretty interesting, especially if Roman Reigns coming back this this Friday. Uh, of course, we'll have Paul Heyman, but um, this one was one where like it, it 
it didn't really it was a fun match and it was a very uh you know very well put together match but for me personally just because there really wasn't anything on the line it didn't really it wasn't one that i was super like looking forward to uh but fun match nonetheless uh our main event or our second half of our main event our double main event uh, and then the match that closed out the show is uh Brock Lesnar taking on the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes and uh Cody comes out first, crowd goes nuts. I love the whoa spot. That's the best part. I'm I'm actually thinking about Monday Night Raw's coming to town next month and I'm like I just want to go to Monday Night Raw just to be in the crowd for Cody Rhodes' entrance. Like that's and I've gone the to shows I've gone to like every AEW show when he was in AEW uh when when they would come to town. And uh, that was not a reaction that we got. <laughs> um, of course, Cody was a different type of character then, but uh, you know, still the same theme music. So I, I don't know; it's a little different. So I, I definitely, just for that reason, I think I want to go <laughs> to Monday Night Raw. Um, and then uh, the crowd actually went crazy for Brock Lesnar. So uh, then they had some Suplex City chants throughout the match, but. Um, this one was was really fun too because uh, it started with Cody jumping Brock before he was even able to get in the ring, and uh, just a lot of uh, a lot of chair shots on the outside. Cody letting out all that aggression from the uh, previous uh, the previous uh, beatdown and uh, and from uh, you know Brock kind of quote unquote ducking him the last few weeks. Um, Cody hit a ton of offense getting into the the start of the match with uh multiple disaster kicks the uh the uh, gold dust i call it the gold dust uppercut thing and then uh the real cool spot for me uh is that he went to do the either the cody cutter or the disaster kick off the off the springboard brock catches him midair hits him with a suplex hits him with a shit ton more suplexes hits him with a fall away slam um, we get to the point where Brock is going to suplex Cody, and Cody is grabbing on to the turnbuckle, rips the turnbuckle pad off. Brock eventually will uh, ran, runs headfirst into that turnbuckle pad, busts himself open the hard way. Like this is not even not, and there was just a story that came out that WWE wants to ban blood, but I don't know, maybe. Maybe they were fine for this, or maybe Trips let it go. But Brock was bleeding, like, everywhere. Like, And you could see, if you go back and watch, because when he hit the, uh, the actual turnbuckle, you could see the blood on the metal ring of the turnbuckle. So that was legitimately Brock's head colliding with that metal. Uh, Brock's bleeding all over the place. Uh, Cody's still getting some offense in. Brock eventually he hits uh, two crossroads. Brock kicks out. Uh, Brock he eventually goes for another crossroads. Brock hits the F five, but then Cody kicks out. Uh, they're both uh, on their knees, uh, fighting each other, pun- trading punches. Brock grabs Cody, puts him in the Kimura lock, and uh, out of nowhere, Cody rolls forward, puts Brock on his shoulders, pins him while in the Kimura lock kind of just a real cool finish uh i don't think i've ever seen that counter to the Kimura. uh at least uh, and, and and brock doesn't really wrestle that much so uh, i i want to say 
maybe The Undertaker did something similar. I want to say maybe in SummerSlam 2015. Don't quote me on that, but uh, that was a cool finish. It, it, it did end abruptly, and that's why I feel that that match really should have been swapped with the San Juan Street fight, uh, 1,000%. Uh, and like I said, I'm the biggest Cody Rhodes fan, big Brock Lesnar fan. I love this story going into it. I love the match itself. Uh, it was longer than a normal Brock Lesnar match. Brock gave Cody a lot of offense, uh, and then, uh, you know, Cody also took a lot of damage too, but uh, it was nice to continue Cody on moving forward. Um, but my question with this is, since Brock is a free agent, is Brock going to show up on Raw tomorrow and beat the shit out of Cody? Or is he going to go away for a while? Is he going to show up on SmackDown and try to take on Roman or Bobby Lashley? Or, or you know, who knows? Maybe he'll go down to NXT and and beat the shit out of everybody down there. Who knows? Um, but at the end of the day, Backlash 2023... Uh, it was it was a solid show. It was a great show. It, it really, it really seemed special in a world where normally the backlash show or whatever show is after WrestleMania is normally just a throwaway show where it's just full of rematches, rehashes, and it's just it's it's just no fun, you know. But this one was really special, and this one really made. Uh, really made just sitting down on a Saturday night uh, with my popcorn and my drink and watching pro wrestling. It really made it fun. And uh, WWE has been knocking them out of the park lately. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to be happening with Night of Champions coming up. They did mention that tomorrow, or whenever you're listening to this, Sunday, uh, on WWE's their social media platforms, they are going to be announcing the names for the World Heavyweight Championship tournament slash uh, triple threat matches that are going to be taking place. So all the participants will be named, and uh, we'll know who we're going to be looking at and uh, eventually who we're going to be seeing going for that title at Night of Champions on, I believe, May 27th or 26th uh, at Night of Champions in uh, in. Uh, Saudi Arabia. So uh, that's my review of uh, Backlash 2023. I got to give it like a four out of five. If they would have swapped that main event around, I think we would have been good. That, that That's all. That was really my only, my only gripe. Uh, this is one where I actually do want to go back and watch some of the matches. And a lot of times that's not the case. So um, that's it, guys. Uh, I don't have anything else to, for the night. I'm tired. It's almost midnight. It is 11.57 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I need to get my beauty rest. Uh, next Saturday, we're going to be talking about SummerSlam 1996. We'll uh, also uh, be talking about uh, uh, any of the uh, the uh, opening matches for the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. And then uh, also... Find us on Twitter. Find me on Twitter at Ryan Retro. Uh, you can find the show at Saturday Slam Show on Instagram, Saturday Slam Pod on Twitter. Let us know what you want to hear as far as our next uh, classic show review. And uh, I want to thank you guys for taking a listen. Uh, it's really hard for me to do these shows solo. <laughs> and then, and uh, it's because I feel weird just talking to myself. But uh, hopefully we'll have, our, uh, we'll have some fun guests on very, very soon. Uh, For myself, uh, thank you. Love you. Hope you guys have a great day. 
And if you could be anything in the world, just be kind.